You are listening to Salty Believer Unscripted. This is Salty Believer Unscripted. I'm Josiah Walker. I'm Brian Catherman. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about why is church leadership broken or stewarding the bride of Christ. Yeah, or stewards of the bride of Christ. Stewards of the bride of Christ. Or stewarding the bride of Christ. Those all sound good. We're working out the title as we go. But... On the last episode, I just kind of dropped this bomb or this, threw this grenade in of like, why are things weird? Why are things broken? Why is there dysfunction or uh, uncertainty in church leadership? And we decided to kind of do a series based off that grenade. And hey, so, hey, I don't think the church leadership is uncertain. Right. Why are, why are people about, uncertain of how churches should be ran? There you go. And Who and, should be, yes. You know, what an under-shepherd of the bride is. Why is the church struggling um, with the who's and the how's and the what's of church leadership? So, I think after last week's episode, I came up with like 30 questions, but it seems like a good place to start would be, what is an office in the church? That's a good start. That's a good start. And uh, I think... The extension of that is like, what is an officer? Right. What is an officer? In the church, what is yeah. that? How many offices are in the church? Right now we're sitting in an office. I think there's three here in our current building. Like, <laughs> Right, yeah. Not that kind of office. <laughs> not how many office rooms are in the oh, church okay. building. Uh, okay. So, so what is an office? I have some commentary to talk about to define office a little bit. But okay. I think I want to start with scripture first. Oh, yeah. We did say we were going to start with the Bible. We want to start there. So the argument that people make in sort of the leadership roles, which we'll get back to a little bit, office, there's a couple places we could look. We could start, if we wanted, uh, we could start with calling. And these are sort of, by extension, offices. Uh, what's unique? What's the word for these? There's some special ones. And oh, some... I've heard it said like there's extra extraordinary offices and ordinary okay, offices. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so if so. we go to Ephesians um, chapter 4, this Hold is sort on. of where you see some of these things. And I don't, I mean, this is just a, a place to start. And some people, some people treat these differently than others. Um, so Paul is basically uh, saying, we're going to, I'm going to go back a little bit. Ephesians 4, um, I'm just paraphrasing the first part. Hey, we have this one body. We have this church. The context of this is needing to grow up into maturity, not being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. And basically then in 4 verse 11, Paul says in his letter to the Ephesians, and he himself, meaning God or or, uh, Christ who's ascended, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, uh, and then gives the purpose, equipping the saints for the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ until we all reach the unity of faith and knowledge of God's Son, growing into the maturity and stature measured by Christ's fullness, and then we be no longer little children, tossed to and fro by the waves, blown around by every wind of teaching. Uh, Basically, we're growing up into maturity, working well, all the moving parts, right? So so the, the list that he gives here are gifts to the church for the purpose of growing and building up the church. He doesn't really identify them as the leadership roles necessarily. Okay, and he says, uh, um, he starts with some to be apostles, and we have qualifications for the apostles, right? That we, right, sure. Uh, they saw the risen Lord and whatnot. And I so don't there's know, not apostles today? Depending on which circles you run in, you don't use those titles. And okay. the circles I run in, and the circles this podcast runs in, does not use the title that there are living apostles serving the church today. Because by... Your definition, you're saying these are people who saw Jesus. These were the identified apostles of the early church in which okay. Jesus set the first 12, one 
was Judas, and they replaced him, and then we see that Paul became one. And we see so there's a there's okay. a list of the witnesses sure. before they canonize scripture. Okay. Some would say apostle here means like messenger, like there's an apostolic type like messenger, but then that seems really redundant when then you get to the same when you get to the evangelist. But anyway, uh, that's not the take I take. So apostles, okay. some prophets, and uh, and we have. Uh, we have a living high priest, and we also have a living prophet, Jesus Christ. Right. But this is getting it um, potentially people who are saying, you know, thus saith the Lord, heralding. Yeah. And we don't see elsewhere in the Bible that we have some role in the church for the prophet as an officer okay. or, a, or a task. Lay hands on these yeah. prophets, send them out, or have them lead. Or And we don't see Paul addressing prophets in the letters to the churches and stuff. Um, and then some evangelists. Now we do see Philip in uh, like Acts. It might be the end of Acts six, or it might be into Acts seven. I think it is into Acts. Yeah. It's after Stephen is stoned, and then later in like Acts twenty. So we see Philip as a as a. Um, he's been called to serve when there was a disparity with the bread. Yeah. Then he we see him go and he shares the gospel with the Ethiopian eunuch, and then like. I don't know, Acts 20, 21, 21. 21, somewhere in there. Uh, Paul stays with Philip, is that right? And Philip has four daughters and they... Oh yeah, here it is. Acts 21, 9, or 21, 8. The next day we left, came to Caesarea where we entered the house of Philip, the evangelist. Yeah. Who was one of seven and stayed with him. This man had four virgin daughters who prophesied. Right, so we see the evangelist. So okay. he has a title of evangelist. That's this this is gift to the church okay. right here. Okay, sweet. And then we have some pastors... And teachers, and that can be read two different ways. So there's five things here. Or four. So the, okay. there's a really interesting sort of Greek dynamic, and I think this says some pastors and teachers, but we don't have the article in front of teachers, so it could be like mm. pastor hyphen teacher, or teaching pastor, or pastors who teach, or pastors and teachers as two separate things. Okay. okay? But this, while helpful as callings that people are sure. serving in, this doesn't seem to land very solidly with with sort of the yeah. leadership of the church and the offices of the church. Right. Um, because pastor, or I would say bishop, overseer, elder, right. um, Paul tends to address those individuals quite a bit with instruction. But the yeah. one that's really helpful to answer a question is when you go to Philippians 1.1, because uh, it this carries forward biblically as we all see how it all fits together. Um Paul opens up in, in Philippians 1 saying, Paul and Timothy, servants, and that word is basically the deacon word, okay. deacons of Christ Jesus or servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in the church, uh, excuse me, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseers and deacons. Okay. Okay, so we have all the saints and all of the saints include, so that they're, so they're not separate. Okay, so all the saints... And then from some of those saints, we have overseers or elders or, right. or potentially pastors. Those are, you know, there's a debate, an argument, a good one that those are synonymous terms. I tend to lean that way, certainly, heavily lean that way. Um, and deacons, servants that are recognized in some way that are a part of that group. Okay. okay so, so from this verse, we start to say, okay, there's something going on here. And then when you move... To First Timothy, where we see there's qualifications for these two groups, and I think that's what sets it apart as 
as an office, a role, gotcha. a position of service. So there might be a handful of gifts, but you're saying there's probably only a couple offices. There, yeah, and so I would, I kind of like, I think I saw Jonathan Lehman describe these as buckets. You okay. might have a lot so, of titles, but the titles all fit in one category or the other, one bucket okay. or the other. There's one, one group, and they could have lots of different titles if you so deem it, and another group, and they could have lots of different titles if you so deem it. The yeah. names of these two, these buckets or these titles would be Elder as we just saw, right. and Deacon, as we just saw him. And they all okay. are members of the saints in the local so, church. So if I'm understanding you right, so we've got elder, overseer, bishop, pastor, that's all like one bucket. Yeah, like... Whatever you call it. Go with the title, right? right. But the role, okay, and there's a certain role. role. The role there. Yeah. And then you have another bucket, and the role there, whether you call it deacon or servant, those are both two or words minister, that mean the same thing, or minister or whatever. Yeah. Okay, and that's a bucket. Yeah, and so... The, and then you were going to bring up First Timothy? Well, so... The reason that's helpful is because these different buckets, these roles, have different responsibilities. These sure. would be the office, okay? And okay. and the responsibility, they're not, in the circles I run, I'd rather use the word responsibility over authority. Sure. I believe the only authority we have is, is the preached word of God. So Christ's right. word is the authority, but some would argue you know, a certain level of authority and the ability to command and instruct people, you know, to tell them what to do. Anyway, the point being is there's these two buckets of responsibility, okay. and each of those offices of responsibility have qualifications okay. for who can serve in those areas. And so when you go to 1 Timothy chapter 3, you see the qualifications for elder, and okay. you see the qualifications for the servant deacon, the deacon. Okay. And, and I believe that God has outlined uh, the parameters... For who can be in those roles, and and really ultimately, it's be a good Christian. Yeah. And then there's a little bit more here, uh, specifically with the elder, uh, the ability to teach, uh, preach sure. in their herald, that sort of thing, teach. But then also we see throughout the epistles, um, an instruction that uh, that you would submit to the elders. The elders, you know, have a sure. certain authority role. We don't see that you're submitting so much to the deacon servant. But these are the two offices right. that that I would contend the, that God has laid out for his church to handle his bride. And I would argue that he doesn't have any other role that he hasn't given parameters. Both of these roles just say you have to be a good Christian first and foremost, right? These are, right. These are pretty obvious things. And I don't think we'd want somebody serving that doesn't meet these qualifications. Right. So to make another office that doesn't have a qualifications that we just get a predetermined is a little iffy because God's saying, if you're going to deal with my bride, if you're going to serve my bride, this is what I expect of you, which mirrors what we see in the Old Testament with priests and with with prophets and even the apostles. They all had qualifications. Right. Right? So these are the qualifications for the officers in the church. So based on what we read then from God's word, you're saying that every church in the world then only has two offices. Well, I would contend that. But there are brothers and sisters who might have other views. There are some confessions, okay. uh, none of which that I subscribe to, but there are some confessions where people have said, hey, we believe the Bible says, and I saw one that says there are three offices. I can't remember which one it was. And the offices were elder, okay. deacon, right. pastor. So kind of confusing, but, okay. and that was, and this is an older, quite a bit older Baptist confession. Okay. I can't remember which one takes that position. So what, what would the difference there be then? Well, the pastor they're, doesn't do what the they're elder drawing does? a distinction between pastor and elder. Okay. Okay, so they've created an office of pastor, and I'm not 100% sure where they would pull the qualifications right. for that shepherd. Because you're role. saying 
that we should pull qualifications from the Bible and that there's qualifications listed in here, Correct. like in 1 Timothy. So do all churches do that? Or do you know of churches that have written up qualifications well, for all these okay. other things? Let's be really honest. Uh, we we have two offices, we believe. We hold to the, so the Baptist faith and message is a confession that says that. Right. The London Baptist Confession says right. two offices. The Westminster Confession, interestingly, doesn't. And I can pull these up and we can look at them. But somewhere else, I think you were looking oh, yeah. like, I was, I was, I was shocked and you printed it because I was like, can you believe I can't find this in the Western so, uh, Minster Confession? You know, while our podcast is unscripted, I try to have some facts and some you know, resources. Well, I put a pile of books here just <laughs> so, in case. <laughs> I found a website, pcapolity.com, because I didn't see anything in the Westminster Confession of Faith as far as office of elder and deacon. Right. But there was a lot in the London Baptist. And according to this, this is a website that kind of deals with the Presbyterian Church here in America. And it was saying that there are only two offices within the PCA, elder and deacon. And, and the Baptist faith and message. In fact, let me just, since we're talking about it, pull that up. And what I'd like to, I'd like to get, I have a couple of definitions from some, uh, some, some theologians too. But the, so the Baptist faith and message, article six, the church talks about what the church is and then it gets to let me see here um we'll pick up about halfway down let's see da, 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 da. in such congregation each member is responsible and accountable to christ as lord it is scriptural oh, its scriptural officers are pastors and deacons and by the way my book is outdated because we just voted that it now right. says its scriptural officers are pastor slash Overseer slash elder, is that right? Slash bishop, I think. Slash bishop, I don't know, whatever. I don't know the order, but they I know those are the They put a few slashes in there. And so. deacons, but elder deacon. Basically, or, yeah. Or that, okay, pastor deacon. And then, it's, and then, it, uh, and then it talks about what what's limited to women and, and not qualified by Scripture. But anyway, two offices. That's uh, Article 6 of the Baptist Faith and Message. And then um, the London Baptist Confession says and it's a little bit more i was surprised that you know the london baptist confession and the westminster confession are just almost alike right. just all the way down the line except there's a couple places where they deviate and i was surprised this was one of the places yeah. but uh, the london baptist confession included this the westminster did not but uh it's let's see chapter uh 26th of the church um article 8 i think that's what it is and uh it says i'm just pulling this up real quick uh, actually, let me make sure it's 26. I got this big book here, and it's, yeah, 26 of the church. And it says, uh, the particular church, this is section 8, gathered and completely organized according to the mind of Christ, consists of uh, officers and members, kind of like we heard Paul say, saints, yeah. and then the saints um, from the saints are these officers, and the officers appointed by Christ to be chosen and set apart by the church so-called and gathered, for the particular administration of ordinances and the execution of power or duty, which he entrusts to them or calls them to, uh, to be continued to the end of the world are bishops or elders okay. and deacons. Okay. So once again... So it's pretty popular, or at least common, to only have those two. Especially in the Baptist circles, right? Okay. So, so I would say here, you know, two, two offices. But the question... So, this raises a bunch of questions, though. Um, the questions are like, can somebody be in a serving role in the church who is not serving in an office of the church? 
Okay. That's a tricky question. Is there some threshold in which right. these individuals are officers, but then the children's volunteer minister right. or the maybe the church, hospitality, the church secretary, yeah. or now I'm going to argue that if you have that that group of servants right. that aren't in one of those two offices, you now have a group of servants who do not have a who are serving the church. Right. who do not have a, a qualification list given by God to serve. Right. So we hired somebody initially, and we, you know, as a worship leader doing a bunch of other stuff, and, and we didn't actually say, hey, this person fits in either the bucket of elder or the bucket of deacon. We sort of created a job description. But what we should have done, in my opinion, is say they either are in bucket of elder or bucket of deacon. These are the qualifications we need to check them against as a whole church. Right. That's also because we're part of a you know congregational sure. church. So that's going to play into this, but but ultimately the question at first is, can we get our mind around how many offices there are? Right. And I, I'm going to suggest if you don't put everybody serving in your church in one of those two offices, you're creating a right. third office. Right. Or you're creating a threshold of line that says this is service to the church and this isn't. But even the, the grandma holding the baby is serving the church in some sure. way and helping the church and should meet some qualification. Right. So just to kind of recap that, <laughs> I want to make sure we're all on the same page, our listeners are on the same page. So based on kind of what we've read from Scripture today, you're arguing that, that there's only two offices in the church. Yeah. Regardless of what you call them, there's like a pastor, elder, teacher bucket. Man, I was talking to one pastor who was like, well, could you have pastors who are elders and pastors who are deacons? My answer was, that's really confusing. Right. But if they're still serving in those roles. Yeah. So it, we have deacons who serve in the role of elders, and they call them deacons, not at our church. But right. we have people who, I mean, yeah. it really, you have to say, what capacity right. is a person serving? You kind of have to look then, at what they're doing and then, and okay, then figure out what you're going to call Because the titles them. are all super muddy. Because you would contend that deacon and servant are kind of the same word. A deacon is a Greek word for Absolutely, servant. yeah, absolutely. So, And then you're saying, because there's only job requirements for those two offices, that if you have a third office, you're kind of making up those requirements or those responsibilities right. on your own well, outside hard, of scripture the hard part is they're not even necessarily job requirements so much as they are character pieces sure. minus like the deacon has right uh, i mean the elder has like ability to teach and there's like manages household yeah. well and the deacon and the elder and it's kind um, of qualifications or characteristics kind of who of these are people. you yeah. as a christian but yeah right. exactly and if you don't if you don't vet your servants whether right. they're elder deacon or whatever role they're in Against those, then you're making up the qualifications sure. for who's going to handle the bride of Christ, which is really dangerous business. I feel like that could get really messy really quick. Yeah. Be and it, have you seen the? Have you seen the? I think the movie's called The Church. Let's see, what's that called? Media Gradia. Whoever put it together. I think I know what you're referring to. Yeah, The Church. I've seen parts and, of that. And Paul Washer has this piece in it where he says, "Imagine a man." says to a group of people, uh, I'm going away to a distant country and I need you to take care of my wife well right. here. Yeah. Um, you know, and he, he lays out the parameters. This is sure. what I expect. This is yeah. how I want you to take care of my bride. Yeah. That's really what we're talking about. And then he says, but then, uh, you know, the man leaves for a while and the, and the bride, people are not as enamored with the bride. Sure. They don't think she's as beautiful anymore. So they dress her up like the carnal world and they parade her before men and they do this and they do they set their own parameters for how to handle this okay then paul washer says what's going to happen when that man comes back yikes like you know you don't treat my bride that way and yeah. so i think that's a good illustration for what we're talking about here god has given yeah. the qualifications for who 
serves his bride, yeah. and then throughout the Bible, how they serve the bride. And if we don't follow those, we're creating our own. I think we're on dangerous yeah, ground. That's, that's it gets rough. real okay. iffy for me. Okay. So I would like to try to hold to those two offices. Now, not every organization holds the two offices, right? right. Is that helpful? Yeah, I think so. I, it helps to kind of see what that is. I think we so, should... Oh, go ahead. You have a question. Go ahead. No, I don't, you know. <laughs> I have I, lots of questions, but... I want to... So, I had. I was looking up through some of the systematic theologies and some of the books I have. I was looking at Turretin. That was really complicated. It was. I didn't have time before the podcast sure. to go through Turretin well. But I grabbed Grudem. I grabbed Erickson. I didn't have time to go through Calvin. To be, I mean, but I... So, uh, Grudem gives us a definition of office and officer okay. that I don't know if I completely agree with, but I do think it's helpful. All right, so Let's his, hear it. His definition for office is a publicly recognized position of one having the right and responsibility to perform certain functions for the benefit of the whole church. Now, here's where I would maybe, maybe change this. I think I would remove the publicly recognized from mm. it. Because what if he had a security person? Right who is managing the money, or at least aware of the money, aware of all the security stuff, has the ability, maybe at a big church where they have cameras, and is doing, that person might not be publicly recognized. Right. The accountant might not be, I mean, maybe... The, or the janitor. Or the janitor, even. Yeah. And and so that's the interesting thing, is unless you're really contracting, like we have a lawn so, service, okay, that's different. Right. So that's, then it would just read, a position of one having the right and responsibility to perform certain functions for the benefit of the church. Yeah. I think that's I think that's the definition I like. Take the okay. publicly recognized out. So that means you have someone serving kids. Right. And when people go, oh, that's too detailed. That that that's too strict. That they would have to meet the qualifications of the deacon. Sure. Or, or the elder, but that's not the elder role. I say, wait a minute. We have a huge problem with sex abuse in our country. Right. We have a huge problem with people. So shouldn't we vet them against some standard besides just a worldly yeah. uh, background check? Shouldn't there be a standard by which, if we're going to have the right. the church and the children of the church, that's a big deal, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then he also has a definition of an officer, someone who has been recognized as having the response. Well, he says the right and responsibility to perform certain functions for the benefit of the whole church. And that's what we're doing. Like, this person is the third grade children's teacher, and this person is the usher, and this person, you know, serves the church in this way and serves yeah. the church in that way. And people go, that seems too, like, too much. But sure. they're serving the church. Right. And let's not discredit that service. So... So with those various service opportunities, we talked about it earlier on the podcast. Is that what people mean when they say like extraordinary versus ordinary no, offices? No, I think that I think that in that case, the extraordinary is in reference to like the apostles, okay, you know, and the prophets and things that have that are we, we debate, but those sure. aren't the typical everyday okay. we see. So when so, we talk about just the ordinary offices, it's basically elder and deacon, or, pastor and servant. Yeah, or in that particular case, probably yeah. evangelist and pastor teacher. You know. Okay. That sort of thing. Um, let me read. So this is Millard Erickson. So Grudem comes from a Baptist background in theology. Okay. Erickson is, uh, man, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to guess kind of a Presbyterian background. I don't know. Uh, but he writes, uh, talking about church government. Let's see where this is. Um as the churches developed, several forms of church government have appeared. As the churches developed, several forms of church government have appeared. The four most basic forms include Episcopal, Presbyterian, Congregational, and a form of non-government. While the Episcopal uh, and Presbyterian forms both hold offices of authority 
with their structure, the offices differ in number of persons holding that office. In a congregational church, the congregation is the authority of the government, and then a non-government yeah. form says the Holy Spirit does it. Um, I was looking through this here to see if he actually has, and I couldn't find a really detailed, concise definition of office, but basically right. he's saying the offices in the Presbyterian form, uh, you know, or the sort of the bishop and the uh, or the the elder of the presbyter, the elder of the presbyter, all those things. The, these are the roles, and so I think he would probably basically argue that they're similar to what Grudem is saying. These are identified okay. roles that serve the church. In this case, they might have, you know, sure. a specific layer of, um, you know, responsibility and authority. And in the Presbyterian church, you know, they have a ruling elder, a teaching elder. So they have two yeah. different elders in the bucket right. of elder. Right. You know, and two different, and so... I think I think these things sort of help us get to the to the to the heart of this. So, have I convinced you there are two offices in the church? Yes, <laughs> I I can see where there are some churches that I can remember that being a part of or being at that I think have a third office, whether they realize it or not. Um, and they but, might be okay with that. But I see what you're saying scripturally with with having two offices. I, I think they might. I mean, many churches are okay with we get the. This goes back to the regulative principle right. and the normative principle. Like, right. do we does God regulate how we do it, or does right. He give us freedom to to regulate <laughs> how we do it? And and I think that He regulates it. I mean, this yeah. is we're going long in the podcast, but right. I think this is a helpful. Well, this is helpful. This really has shaped the way I've thought about all this because you know when. When the Southern Baptists and I'm watching that on the live right. stream and I'm reading about it and all this stuff, when they're debating what a pastor is, I'm sitting there thinking, wait a minute, we're, we're identifying one part of this, but we still have all these third office things right. going on right. without qualifications and parameters because for a lot of people, they've made these, in Southern right. Baptist life, they've made a children's pastor, right. even if it's a male or female, That I mean, forget just put aside for a minute right. the gender issue and just ask, how many offices? That's yeah. a key piece, and that's really actually helped me answer a lot of the other questions we're going to get to. Well, I'm glad it's helped you answer questions, because I feel like it's left me with more questions. Because now I understand, okay, so there's two offices. And maybe this is something we talk about next time. But I think I want to dive into next now, kind of what these offices are, we or what to. these roles entail in both oh, yeah. offices. Yeah, Because that'll help to. me put people in the buckets and see whether I've got three buckets, four buckets, or what. Right. No, <laughs> so. I, think, I think we need to, and I think that's the conversation we need to have. It'll help us to understand... When you get these yeah. two offices, you get the qualifications for the offices, helps you work yeah. through a lot of the roles, responsibilities, pieces. So we need to deal with the elder office. We need to deal with the deacon office. We need to deal with the gender issue. Right. You know, I don't permit a woman to teach of authority or husband to one wife. Or we, we need to deal with that. But again, like we said in the previous podcast, yeah. this is all an entangled. There are so right. many questions. For right? sure. So, but, but first, lock yourself into how many offices are there yeah. in the church. Yeah. Because... All the answers to each of these questions have to line up with one another. Right. And if they don't, we have some inconsistent breakdowns. Absolutely. So, on that note, I want to do just a resources recap as we're closing okay. on good, our podcast. Good answer. Even though it's a long... Thanks for hanging with us. <laughs> just to help our listeners who are maybe figuring this out in their own churches. So, the resources we referenced today, you were looking at Christian Theology, the second edition by Millard Erickson. Yep. You were looking at Systematic Theology by Wayne Grudem. That's Sec a new... That's second edition. Second edition, yep. revised and expanded. I know in the 
his previous version, he kind of goes into church governance and talks about those this different things. This one does things. too, yeah. Okay. I just read the definition. Perfect. And then you were looking at a new exposition of the London Baptist Confession of Faith. Yeah, but all I read was from the actual. So right. if you just looked at the London Baptist Confession Which, of Faith 1689, you would have got it. But I love, this book is really helpful. Yeah. A new exposition of the London Baptist Confession of Faith 1689, Rob Ventura is the general editor. A lot okay. of commentary on that. It's a helpful I, tool because it has study notes on that. Yeah, yeah, super helpful. And then and you have a book on the Westminster... Yep, Westminster Confession of Faith, and this one's a study for classes. I didn't get into any of that. I was just trying to okay. read, and it wasn't sure. even in there. Yeah. So what right. did you go to? You went and to that website. Yeah, so there's lots of resources on our website, saltybeliever.com. Under our resources, there's actually a link to a website that uh, compares the Westminster Confession of Faith versus the 1689 yeah. London Baptist Confession. Yep, and what's helpful for that is you can see the pieces where people, where one has more than the other or less than the other. It's color-coded. Yeah. Very and helpful. So, I didn't make it, but I linked to it. It's amazing. I just hit Control-F and, and, and search the Elder. And what was the site? And then the, the resource I pulled up on the PCA here in America was PCAPolity.com. The article I was reading from was The Church's Two Laws by Brad Isbell. That's from February of 23. And so. then the final thing I had is I just read from the Baptist Faith and Message, outdated. I should have gone to the website, but uh, this particular book has commentary like the others. Um, it's the Baptist Faith and Message by uh, Charles Kelly, Richard Land, and, and Al Mohler. Um, and it has some commentary on those things as well. It kind of gets into it. Um, and then, of course, we went to... Uh, the letter to the church in Ephesus, Ephesians. We looked at Philippians. We looked at First Timothy. Yeah. I'm sure we'll be looking at lots of other places in Scripture, but just for the office conversation, we went there. We could have gone to all these other places where Paul is right. addressing the elders. Um, he's talking to, to Titus about appointing elders, but doesn't give any information about deacons because they right. hadn't got there yet. We'll talk about sure. that. Awesome. Um, you know, that's kind of, I think, what we hit yeah. up. <laughs> well, this is awesome. This has been exciting. I hope you're enjoying this series. Uh, join us next week as we kind of look at these offices and these roles and see what they entail. Uh, maybe we should do a Facebook poll or something and say, how many offices are there in the church? Vote here. I think that would be <laughs> but, fun and terrifying. Right. I don't want to know. But maybe you have an opinion on this matter. Maybe you have some questions. Maybe you're saying, hey, I think my church has three different offices. Uh, will you just let us know kind of what you think of this episode? Saltybeliever at gmail.com. Drop us a line. Let us know how many offices there are or what your thoughts are on this. <laughs> or if you believe there's two, or you have a church under confession that says there's two, but you just discover there's three <laughs> in your church. <laughs> Maybe your church is under construction and they have no offices yet. <laughs> there you go. Until next time. Thank you for listening. Find more information at saltybeliever.com.